Logistics is transforming our lives and the way we do business in today's ever-changing economy. If your company or community thrives on the quality of your logistics, then we'll give you a peek behind the curtains to the topics and people who are driving this exploding industry. You're listening to the Logistically Speaking GT Podcast, produced by Global Trade Magazine and sponsored by the World Economic Development Alliance. You can listen to all our GT podcasts at www.globaltrademag.com or join the thousands that have downloaded our app in the Apple iTunes Store. Now, here's our publisher and our host, Eric Kleinsorge. Eric Kleinsorge. I'd like to welcome all of our Logistically Speaking listeners to our show today. Today, we're diving into a topic that I know can be mind-scrambling at times. I'm your host, Eric Kleinsorge, and we're taking a look into the booming industry of e-commerce. E-commerce has definitely become a staple for consumers, and the immense growth that it has faced has brought on challenges that can be difficult to understand and quite costly if not compliant. Doing business internationally can also be frustrating, thanks to the maze of tariff codes, duty rates, and custom regulations. As an e-tailer, you need help managing the challenges of classification and calculating custom and duties, reducing the risk of compliance errors, unexpected fees, and products being delayed in customs. Today, our special guest is a seasoned veteran in this area and one I'm excited to bring onto the show. Today, we have Craig Reed, who's the Senior Vice President of Global Trade for Avalara. Avalara is a tax compliance software that has managed taxes on 19 billion in goods during Cyber Week in 2019 and has remitted 8.4 billion, that's a billion with a B, in taxes in 2019. Craig leads the development and growth of Avalara's cross-border and global trade business. Craig joined Avalara through the acquisition of his company, Trade Stream Technologies, which focused on building next-generation automated product classification and landed cost software systems for cross-border e-commerce. Prior to forming TradeStream, Craig was Senior Vice President of Global E-Commerce at Pitney Bowes Incorporated. There he created a global e-commerce business unit and led it from inception to over $220 million in revenues. He has deep experience with developing technologies that power global e-commerce and creating global parcel distribution networks. I always like having captains of their industries on our show so you, the listener, can learn while you listen to what we have to say. So with no further ado, Craig, welcome to the show. Thanks. Wow, you make it sound like I know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) You know, I always like to start by kind of having our guests paint a little bit of picture about their companies and themselves Give them an idea of what they could expect if they use a company like Avalara. Yeah, well, thank you. Um, so at Avalara, we're, we're about all things compliance. So really what we're trying to do is solve the, the compliance problems that companies have a lot of trouble solving themselves. So as you can imagine, taxes and figuring out how to get goods across borders is, is definitely one of those areas. To give you just a little bit about Avalara, the company started in 2014 initially with the idea of solving uh, U.S. state sales tax complexity for businesses of all sizes and have been very, very successful in that space. 
we go to market primarily through integration. So we're very proud of our partnerships with different companies, ERPs, marketplaces, e-commerce platforms where we deliver our services. So very, you know, again, got the start in U.S. state sales tax complexity and the cloud-based solution to help companies figure that out. You know, obviously, as things have developed, looking at complexity globally, and our CEO, Scott McFarland, has been, uh, been saying for years, you know, we want to be part of every transaction in the world. That's sort of our, our guiding light. And that's really taken us to look at cross-border trade and all the complexity happening with cross-border and a complexity that's only increasing. So, you know, we read in the headlines every single day, there's a new tariff, there's new kinds of agreements, there's uh, you know disruption of the U- uh, Universal Postal Union with the U.S. pulling out. So all kinds of things are changing all the time. And for, for companies to stay on top of that and try to ship globally in a compliant way is extremely, extremely complex. So the way to think about Avalara is taking away all of the compliance complexity from the customer's plate, delivering it in a seamless automated solution that really gives them some ROI and enhances their business effectiveness. Yeah, absolutely. And we took a look at some of uh, the videos on your website and it really helps explain exactly what you do. I really, I really think that's important to understand the complexities and everything that, that you guys make so simple. Yeah, I appreciate that. Actually, I'm my marketing managers asked me to throw this up there a couple of times, but <laughs> if you go to avalara, avalara.com slash go global, we have a lot of our materials there for the cross-border side of our business. Awesome. So talking about global, now e-commerce, you know, pre, pre-COVID, I think the, the barrier was already being removed quickly uh, from the consumers' concerns and, and uh, needs uh, from an e-commerce level, but now it just seems like it is taking off and booming. How do you feel e-commerce has impacted global trade? That's a, a great question. I'll, I'll take you back 20 years because I've been in this business for 20 years now doing cross-border e-commerce. And um, the interesting thing is that a lot of the problems and difficulties in shipping across borders have uh, have remained constant through those 20 years However, the, the market has, as you said, exploded. So, you know, back in the day, we were, we were just trying to convince folks to, to ship across the Canadian border from the U.S., let alone ship globally. But now companies know that in order to be effective, they really have to have a global strategy. And, and COVID's influenced that for sure, because now it's, you know, a lot of companies were dabbling in e-commerce you know it was a maybe a backwater part of their business but now it's very much at the forefront you know you got people like my mom who have gone on and bought stuff online for the first time in their lives and i think that that's that's a global phenomenon and they're discovering all these goods across borders and they want them so we've seen uh, massive tailwinds uh, on the e-commerce side been making headlines obviously everyone knows that but also on the cross-border side, and a lot of the companies we talk to have taken this time during COVID to rethink their strategy and think about, hey, how do we come out of this swing? How do we make ourselves stronger as a business? And, and cross-border has definitely been one of those areas they've focused on. What would you say you feel in the, in the terms of cross-border selling and whatnot? What do you feel retailers are struggling with most? I think it's, you know mismatch and expectation versus capabilities. So again, going back in the history of, of doing this, it used to be that now I'm Canadian, I'm based in Toronto. 
back in the day, we used to be just happy to get something from the US. Um, most of the time we couldn't. So if we could actually get something to our door, maybe it took three weeks. Maybe we paid duties and taxes at the door. Not a great customer experience, but, but we're just thrilled to get it. But as e-commerce has matured, customer expectations have matured. So, you know, people expect to get things the next day. In fact, I, you know, I did an order yesterday and got it the same day living here in Toronto. So it, it, that translates to cross-border as well. So the expectations of having a good experience from a consumer standpoint have increased. So they, they expect a really good experience and they don't care whether you're shipping across borders or you're shipping domestically. They accept, ex, expect a good experience. And that is a challenge when you're crossing borders because the complexity of, of crossing the border has not only remained the same, it's actually increased as governments globally have, have realized that all of these goods crossing the border are revenue and sometimes lost revenue for them. So they want to make sure that they're getting their duties, they're getting their taxes at the border because of the sheer volume of the goods flowing. So that means that as a, as a retailer, you really need to be prepared to make sure your customers uh, have good expectations of what's about to happen from a cost standpoint. They know what their costs are going to be and then give them a good shipping experience. And there's, there's ways to do that and there's companies that support a good uh, shipping experience, but it's really about tying those things together and making sure, again, that you you set the right expectations with the customer, and then you deliver on those expectations with a uh, fast, efficient shipping service. Yeah, and I can speak from uh, experience. We were shipping some, just some small, some magazines to a trade show, Intermodal Expo. Our, our magazines got held up in customs. And I, I can't even imagine when you, you take it to the next scale and the next level. So if I'm a listener out there and, and I've got a business, you know, and I, I really want to avoid those types of problems, how would you say businesses can reduce the risk of their packages getting held up in customs? Well, when packages get held up in customs, actually, we did a, a study with NAPCO and that was the number one response. That's been consistent throughout the 20 years I've been doing this is Packages getting stuck in customs is the number one complaint. And that typically happens when customs just doesn't believe you for one reason or another. You, you haven't given, given them the right information. They're not believing what the, what the values are you've assigned to the goods. So it's really about having the right information to, you know, I talked about setting customer expectations. So you set an expectation with your customer, but also you have to give the right information to customs when you're, when you're passing the goods through. So it's, an accurate description, it's an accurate tariff code or what most of us in the industry call HS codes. So you're giving them the right information, you're giving them the right values and you know it's not getting stuck because, because they believe you. They think that that's an accurate description of the goods and they think that's an accurate value and they let the things pass. And the other thing that I see too is that folks don't always understand restrictions. So there's a lot of rules for for import, export, OGA, PGA, there's there's rules around what you can and cannot ship that sometimes get folks tripped up. And I love to give the example of, of going into the UK, you can ship a sword, but it can't be any more than 34 inches in length and it cannot be curved. <laughs> so I don't know if that goes back to the Crusades or something, but you know, there's these these rules that you have to adhere to. So it's really, it's really those three things. Is it accurately described? From a code perspective, is it accurately valued and is it restricted? 
Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I can imagine that's a very valuable asset that you can bring to the table of knowing things like that over and above just the normal services. So why don't you talk to me a little bit about what type of customers do you guys work with? Is there too big or too small? Kind of paint a picture of what size customers that you guys like to uh, work with. We work with, you know, small retailers, Shopify merchants, all the way up to, you know, household name, largest e-commerce companies and platform and, and marketplaces in the world. So really all points in between our services are universally applicable. We don't really, we don't really um, focus on one versus the other, but I'd say, um, you know, Avalara as a company from just from our customer base standpoint has, has really been strong in the SMB space, but, but our cross-border services are really applicable all the way through enterprise as well. So with uh, Avalara, with that many kind of diversity in clients and whatnot, are you seeing any kind of trends from these customers? Yeah, the, the trends we see, actually, what I should add to that, too, is that a new segment for us is supply chain customers, which is applicable to this audience. So, you know, a lot of 3PLs, brokers, folks who want to outsource some of the complexity of, of doing business, we have been uh, generating a fair amount of interest from that sector as well. But, you know, I, I think it's back to um, delivering a service that, that they can use efficiently in their own, in their own operation. And there's no real constraints. Okay. Well, great. Can you explain how Avalara's uh, solutions or Avalara's solution help business back? Let's talk back with the cross-border, uh, but specifically tax compliance. Well, there's a few different services that we offer. The first is what I'll call an item class. It's called item classification. You can see it on our website. And that service is all about figuring out what your HS codes are. And I, again, I use HS code as a bit of a misnomer. Each country has its name for what it calls it. The code, um, US calls it HTS. EU calls it a tariff code. But it's really that, that 8 to 12 digit code that the government requires you to assign to the good in order to import it. And we've built a service that is pretty unique, we believe, in the industry in providing that service. So we use a proprietary combination of, of artificial intelligence and what we call experts as a service. So we have an engine that takes incoming data from our customers and it can classify with a fairly high degree of accuracy. But oftentimes there's not all of the information in the payload that would be required to get to a full eight to 12 digit level. So we have experts who then can take what the machine is generated as the narrow set of options and pick the correct option. And what this does is eliminates a lot of the, you know, the manual work that a lot of folks incur. And then from a fully automated solution, a lot of times it's not very accurate because the data is not as good. So it's a really that benefit of human intelligence and machine intelligence that can deliver high quality, low cost and high efficiency. So we're, we're quite proud of that. So that's item classification. And we also have um, automated flavors of that that do HS6 as well. But, you know, most of our customers are using it for, for HS uh, 8 to 12. And then married to that, which is, you know, more germane to what you're saying, would be the calculation solution. So this is really about calculating duties and taxes. In order to calculate duties and taxes, well, duties primarily, you need the correct code. So it's really goes hand in hand. You get the correct code and then you can calculate the correct duties and taxes. And we can deliver that 
at different points in the order lifecycle. So some of our customers, large marketplaces, for example, would generate that information in the background so that when customers are pricing different scenarios, different options, it's already there as a product price right on the right on the item page. Similarly, some retailers who want to do localized pricing, they use it in the background to figure out what their duty and tax obligations are. And then others will use it to figure out or to show the customer at checkout, here's your duty and tax obligations. So it's, you know, we'd like to say it's a very modular solution. There's a lot of black box solutions out there that offer kind of everything in, in one go, but it's oftentimes very expensive, not very flexible. So what we try to offer is a very modular solution that gives the customer a lot of flexibility in who they want to work with on the supply chain side, but also does the heavy lifting from a compliance standpoint. And then the third piece of that is restrictions, which I mentioned. So you know, making sure you can actually ship those things into the country you're, you're targeting. Okay, great. I mean, it, it seems like that, that would be so complicated without some some direction from from a company like yours. But you know, while we're winding up here, I wanted to kind of swing back. I've I've come across a, a term called delivered duty paid DDP. And have you seen a shift of retailers wanting DDP? Yeah, definitely. And, and that goes back to the customer experience. You know, I, there was a study actually by UPS that said 95% of buyers expect to see all shipping fees and taxes before they'll complete a purchase. So, you know, there's other studies out there that that um, are along the same line, but it's really back to what I said at the beginning, customer expectations are that they know what's going to happen. They know how much they're going to pay. They're not surprised at the door. So, you know, the, the, the ancillary to DDP is uh, what used to be called DDU now is called DAP or duty at place. So that's where you're paying at the door and, and you're getting, you know, this happened to me many, many times where somebody will ship something to me from, from the U.S. or elsewhere and the carrier will show up at the door and say, oh, you owe us 50 bucks in duties and taxes. Well, I know what's coming, but a lot of people don't. So they're surprised and they say, well, that, I, you know, you never told me I was going to have to pay this. So you know what? I'm not going to pay it and you can take it back. And that leaves the customer with a bad taste in their mouth. It leaves the uh, company that shipped it with a very expensive bill because the duties and taxes ultimately get paid, but they get paid by whoever shipped it. And if the, uh, uh, the buyer refuses to pay, then they're the ones who are going to bear the cost. So DDP is really about eliminating all of that. So DDP is about telling your customers how much they're going to pay before they purchase the item collecting the duties and taxes at transaction time. And then through the supply chain, when the carrier is delivering the package, rather than going to the customer and say, hey, you order, you owe us $50 in duties and taxes, the bill comes back to the shipper. So understanding your costs is really important and calculating the cost correctly, not only for the customer, but for yourself. So your, you know, your supply chain costs don't run out of control. And we've, you know, we see even where customers are trying to do DDP um, and have done it in the past and they've just used uh, what I call blunt force trauma. So they used averages and other things just to come up with a price. They get their supply chain costs back, has no relationship to what they were charging the customer. And, and they, they oftentimes find themselves on the wrong side of the stick in terms of a P&L and, and have, a, have cost overruns and, and they don't understand why. And it's really about having having the data, having the information your customer requires, you require. That's what makes DDP work. 
there's a lot of carriers out there who do DDP and are more than willing to to deliver the service that way. So so that's really about about getting the right information, giving it to your customer, giving it to your to your carrier so they have the same information and, and it flows all the way through the supply chain and you have accurate costs coming back and, and all, all things kind of come to a point where your cross-border P&L is healthy. You know, that's great. And Craig, you've been, as I expected, a, a wealth of information and, and really some intriguing thoughts and some things for companies to think about and, and how Avalara could help them with some of their solutions. So I'd like to end by kind of if uh, one of our listeners is out there and, and wants to get in touch with you guys about your cross-border solutions or any of the services you provide, what's the best way? Sure. A couple of ways. Best to go to the website. So that's uh, avalara.com slash go global. Uh, Avalara, again, is A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com slash go global. The word go, G-O-G-L-O-B-A-L, all one word, go global. So you can go there and uh, get a lot of information there. And we also have a uh, toll-free number if that doesn't work for you. So you can go to 877-780-4848. That's great. Greg, I want to thank you for taking out your time. I know you're a busy guy and you've been a great partner of ours. And we look forward to uh, continuing to work with you and, and understand and use you as a resource. And I want to thank all of our listeners for taking their time today and listening to our our podcast. We hope we're always informational based and uh, can provide you good information and great companies that you can work with and help grow your business global. With that said, I'd like to welcome everybody back next week for our next episode of Logistically Speaking. Until then, goodbye. You've been listening to the Logistically Speaking GT podcast. We want to thank all of our astute readers of Global Trade Magazine and thank all of our great advertisers that help make this possible. Remember, you can subscribe and find all our GT podcasts at www.globaltrademag.com. We hope you'll return next time for another great episode of Logistically Speaking. And don't forget, globaltrademag.com's daily news and information is ranked number one by Google.